Instead of 50 minutes, we're going to go 49. So we're going to just... <laughs> we're going to read a large chunk from Scripture. Why don't you open your Bibles, please, with me to Acts chapter 13. Starting in verse 27. Acts 13, verse 27. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus. As also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, and today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he was raised from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way. I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. We're going to just focus on one verse. That's verse 27 today. Not being recognized. There's a story in the Old Testament, an account, a historical account, of a man named Joseph, a young man named Joseph, who was mistreated by his brothers horribly. In some ways he had a little bit of a cocky spirit, but yet God was definitely using him and had raised him up. And his brothers ended up uh, selling him into slavery And through a long series of events, they thought that they had gotten rid of him. They thought he was gone for good. They thought that's it. Yet he was sold into slavery. He ended up in Egypt. He ended up rising to the second greatest level of power in that nation. And there ended up being a famine in the land. And his brothers, who uh, did not know exactly what happened to him, they thought he was a slave and long gone. 
they ended up having to come to Egypt for food. So here they come. They thought they had gotten rid of their younger brother, Joseph, this dreamer. And instead of getting rid of him, yes, he was sold into slavery, and yet God raised him up to this level of high power, this prominent position. And now they're the ones in need. And so they traveled to Egypt to buy grain. At least ten of them do. One stays behind, Benjamin. And they have to come before their brother, who they sold into slavery. And so as they come into the court and they stand before him, the Bible tells us that Joseph recognizes them instantly. He knows who they are. He sees them. He looks at them. He says, these are my brothers. In fact, at one point, we can't get into the entire account, but he has to, when he finally sees his youngest brother, he has to go behind the curtain to a different room, behind the wall, so to speak, and weep because he can't control himself. They had given him up for dead, and here he is looking at them. He recognizes them, but it's interesting what they see. Would you turn with me to Genesis chapter 42? Genesis chapter 42, verse 8. Genesis chapter 42. So here they come to buy food. They are recognized. But notice what it says here. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. So they're looking at him, and they're not catching who he was. They are thinking, Joseph, if anything, he might be dead. He's perhaps a slave. But they would have never figured out that he would be the second in command in this neighboring country. They would have never figured it out at all. In fact, they were not looking for him to be in that position, and so they did not recognize him. Joseph was hidden in glorious kingly robes. His brothers would have expected a slave. They had forced him to be one. They had made him a slave. We're going to put you in a pit, then we're going to sell you off into slavery. Unbelievable. This is a malice. This is hatred. To take your own flesh and blood and say we cannot stand you so much that we're actually willing to sell you and then pretend that you have died and present your bloody garment to our Father is unthinkable. They would have expected a slave because they had forced him to be a slave. And yet here he is presented as royalty. The scripture here in Acts chapter 13 tells us about another unrecognized man. So we have an unrecognized man in the Old Testament. His name is Joseph, 
we flip over to the New Testament in Acts chapter 13, and we find another unrecognized man. So you have somebody in Joseph. These, these brothers are coming in. They're looking right at him. I don't know if you've ever looked at a person, and you should recognize them, but you don't for a little bit. That is very awkward. And then the conversation is continuing, and you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out. I've had uh, weird conversations where I'll have somebody call me and say, Hey, Jacob, how are you doing? That's the first thing out of, their, out of their mouth. And I barely recognize the voice. I'm like, Hey, who is this? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, trying to act like I know who they are. Then I find out they're in some pyramid scheme, and I haven't talked to them for 20 years. Oh, Chuck from 1991. Yeah, I remember you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you really care about me and my family. That's why you called. Right. Okay. 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 Got this new product you might be interested in. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, now I remember you, Chuck. Okay. Well, here, here is Joseph, and they're, they're looking right into his face, and, and yet they, they don't recognize him. They're not looking for him. That's not what they're looking for. Now, I want you to notice verse 27, our verse of Acts chapter 13. It says, for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, that is, the rulers and the people in Jerusalem did not recognize Jesus. They didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him. They're looking right at him, and yet they did not recognize who is this man. They should have recognized him, but they didn't recognize him. That's what it says here in the text. Notice in the text here, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterances of the prophets. They didn't understand the Bible. In the Greek here, there's actually only one word. One word for recognize. In some of your translations, it might be understand. Other versions have it to know. They didn't recognize him. They didn't understand him. That's good. They didn't know him. But this single word is used to describe him and the prophetic utterances. They should have recognized him. ESV uses it twice. They should have recognized him and they should have known the Bible. They should have looked at Jesus and said, we know who you are. We get it. But they didn't recognize him. They were like the brothers of Joseph. They're looking right at him. People looking right at Jesus. They're watching everything that he does. They don't recognize him. They're looking right at him. Listen, it's possible. It's very possible to go to church to be looking right at Scripture, listen, to be looking right at Scripture, to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, and yet not to get it, not to know Him. You go, oh, yes, I know about Jesus. It's that little nice story in the Bible. It's about a man 2,000 years ago, and he, I think, came as a, like a, something with a virgin in a manger and all these different things, and you can kind of recite some of the storyline, but it doesn't really mean anything. You don't recognize them. So here these men do not recognize Joseph, and the scripture is telling us here 
that Jerusalem and its leaders did not recognize Jesus, nor did they recognize or understand, nor did they recognize the prophetic utterances. They were in the Bible all the time. They had whole books memorized. Say Genesis chapter 39, they could quote it to you verbatim. They were doctors in theology, the queen of the sciences. It's not anymore. It was until we got rid of God. They should have recognized him. He was a self-authenticating man. They should have recognized him. You say, well, how should they have recognized him? Well, they should have recognized him for his holiness. There was no one ever like Jesus. He was, he was sinless. Think about that. A person who's never done anything wrong, word, thought, or deed, never sinned once. Jesus never sinned even a little bit. How unique is that? One man on the planet who's never sinned. We are so proud and so shot through with sin, we can't even see that. We look at his holiness and we can't recognize him. In fact, we can't even relate to that. So what do we try to do? We try to pull Jesus back down to our level. But the scripture is telling us here we should have recognized him. How should we have recognized him? Well, we should have recognized him because of his holiness, the fact that he never sinned. There was an inward joy. There was an inward peace with Christ. Continual joy, continual peace. He came as a servant. He was always serving other people. Always serving other people. What does that really mean? We don't even know what that really means to lay down our lives, to give up our wants and our desires for others. Not when it's convenient, not when it's easy. The unfortunate thing is oftentimes we don't see when we need to. And yet Jesus saw every time with perfect perspective. In fact, look with me at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. 1 Peter. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 22. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. Well, we should have. They should have recognized him for his holiness. They should have also recognized him for his words, the way that he spoke. The things that he taught. Every word that he said was a word from the Lord. It was the word of God. Everything he said was perfect. Every word he spoke. All the words that he said. No one ever taught like him before. With such great authority. With such great power. There was never a teacher or a preacher ever like this before. So we should have recognized him for his holiness. But we should have also, they should have also recognized him for his teaching. There's never anyone who taught like this before. Look with me at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 22. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 
Mark chapter 1, verse 22. They were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one who had authority. He had an anointing on his life, on his preaching, on his teaching. The filling, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit when he taught. There was power. There was authority. It wasn't canned little messages of motivation and how to be nice. They were astonished at his teaching. Not as the scribes, none of their scribes, the teachers who had usurped the position of the priests as the preeminent teachers, none of them taught like he taught. Look with me at John chapter 7. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 46. John chapter 7, verse 46 says this. The officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. Just the teaching alone, they should have recognized him. Now when he spoke, he spoke unlike any human in all of history. He was greater than Abraham. He was greater than Moses. He was greater than David. He was greater than Jeremiah. He was greater than all of the prophets. It was his words. When you hear his words, you should be convinced this is this is somebody different. His words alone carry an intrinsic force with them because they are the living, breathing word of God. So his holiness, his words, his power. Unspeakable, unbelievable power. Mark chapter 2, verse 10 says that he had the power and the authority to forgive sins. We have people going into little boxes to confess to another sinner all their sins. I've been reading a book recently on Catholicism, and it talks about the priest who's not the mediator between God and man, but when he's listening to all these confessions week after week after week, what it does to his own soul, he comes out of there weighed down and burdened down with everyone's deep, dark secrets and all of their sins that they're pouring out on this man who cannot handle them. Can't handle them. Another sinner. Are we to confess our sins to one another that we might be healed? Of course, but not to this one man who's exalted above all other men who can barely handle what we have to tell him. But when Jesus came, he spoke with authority and he had the power to forgive sins. Another one, in other words, somebody could kneel at his feet and say, Lord, forgive me, help me. I'm a sinner. And they could be instantly washed clean and that they would know that they were washed clean. Instant cleansing, instant forgiveness. This isn't where you leave and you go, well, I hope I'm forgiven. I think I'm forgiven, I guess. That's what I was told. You instantly know your sins have been washed away. The burden of sin. Every person's a sinner. There is none righteous, no, not one. 
And the burden of sin is deadly and it kills and it weighs us down. And so we need to unload our sin and there's only one who can forgive sins. His power alone proved who he was and yet they did not recognize him. Somebody gets up from their their knees and says, I'm free, I'm different, I'm changed. That's proof of who he is. How about his miracles? John chapter 10, verse 38. Why don't we flip over there? John chapter 10, verse 38. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Verse 38. Jesus is talking about the miracles, the works that he has been doing. He says this, but if I do them, that is, he does these works, he says, even though you do not believe me, even if you're not going to listen to the preaching and be converted, even if you're not going to listen to the words and let the words affect you, he says this, believe the works. Even if you do not believe me, believe the works. Who is it that has the power to raise the dead? Who is it that has the power to heal the sick? Who is it that has the power to cure the blind and the deaf and the dumb. And you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. His holiness, his words, his power. And yet they did not recognize him. What's going on here? There's a second Listen carefully. There's a second greater Joseph. That's Jesus. And he was also hidden in plain sight. Joseph was hidden in the robes of majesty, kingly robes. But the second or this greater Joseph was hidden in the ordinary and the common. His brethren expected royalty. Joseph's brothers expected a slave. They got a king. The people in Jesus' day expected a king, and they got a slave. But he wasn't forced to be a slave like Joseph. In fact, he voluntarily came down from heaven as a slave. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. If you go over there, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse... Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Joseph was forced to be a slave. Jesus came voluntarily, willingly as a slave. Let's get back to verse 6. Who... Though he was in the form of God, that's speaking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave. Some translations say servant or bondservant. It's not strong enough. He took the form of a slave. Being born in the likeness of men. 
So they didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize who he was. If you go back to Acts chapter 13, they also didn't recognize the utterances of the prophets. They didn't understand the scripture. They didn't get it. In fact, if you continue to read, um, they did not understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath. Every Saturday, they're getting up. Here's the word of God. Here, here's the word of God. They're reading down through scriptures, and, and yet they're not understanding. Who are these scriptures all talking about? Who is Genesis talking about? Who's Exodus talking about? All, all the different books of the Bible. This whole book, listen, this whole book from Genesis to Revelation, not just the New Testament. This whole book is about one person. There's only one hero in the whole Bible, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one person that this whole book is about. It doesn't pick up in Matthew chapter 1 about Jesus. It picks up about Jesus in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. And yet they're reading the Old Testament. That was the scriptures that they had. The New Testament canon had not been written yet. They didn't have it. And yet they're reading the Old Testament. They're seeing what it's about. And yet they cannot figure out that all of the prophetic utterances... It's what the text says here in Acts. They did not recognize them. They're looking, they're looking, they're looking. They're not understanding, they're looking. They're just looking some more. Keep looking. And yet they are actually, in their own denial, fulfilling the prophecies of the Scripture themselves. The Jewish leaders are fulfilling the story of Joseph. Guess who the story of Joseph is about? If Jesus says the whole Old Testament is about Jesus, then guess who the story of Joseph is about? It's not just a story about Joseph in the Old Testament. It's about a greater Joseph who comes in the New Testament. They're fulfilling the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph points to Jesus, the greater Joseph. Look with me at Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. This could be said about Jesus. As for you, you meant evil against me. So all the leaders of Jerusalem saying, we're going to kill him. We're going to crucify him. The crowds are shouting, crucify him. What they meant for evil. You think, where, where is God in all this? What is God up to? Is he really ordaining all of this? Absolutely. What you meant for evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. He was opposed just like Joseph was opposed. In fact, Simeon in Luke chapter 2 says that Jesus was assigned to be opposed. His whole life opposed. His whole life opposed. His whole life people saying, no, no thank you. We don't recognize you. We don't know who you are. We don't care. So in closing, how are we going to get it? How are we going to get it? The one of holiness, the one of unspeakable words, the one of unspeakable power is in our midst. If they didn't get it, 
If they didn't recognize him by his own self-authenticating power, and if they didn't get the scriptures, and yet they read all the scriptures all the time, how are we going to get it? Well, Joseph, Joseph came to be seen by his brothers. If you go back, Genesis chapter 45, how did they finally get it? Did they, did they have a little meeting and finally figure out, wait a second, we know who this is. This is our brother. No. Were they, were they riding home with uh, some of the grain that they had gotten and they're thinking to themselves, you know, and I've seen that face before. Boy, that face sure looks awful familiar. You would think they would, right? Maybe Joseph got a haircut. We, we don't know, but something happened. They didn't, they didn't recognize him. So how were they going to come to the place of where they did recognize him? Joseph, listen to this carefully, Joseph would have to reveal himself. Joseph would have to reveal himself. How would they come to recognize him? They're coming to look. They come to see him, and all they see is this guy second in command. They get their grain. They think this whole story is weird. Here's his own brethren. Listen carefully. Here's his own brethren who do not recognize him. There's no meetings. They're not, they're not sitting around the campfire trying to figure out who it is. They're not playing any games like uh, guess guess who he is kind of games and, you know, somebody gets a silver coin or something if somebody guesses who it is. None of that. None of that was going on. It would only come through Joseph's self-revelation. Listen to this in, in Genesis 45, verse 3. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So here they are terrified. All of a sudden they get it. It's, it, it clicks. Here they are standing before him. They've had a meal with him. And here they are in his presence. He can't contain himself any longer. He's been crying. He knows exactly who they are. And he finally just blurts it out. I'm Joseph. And in one second, they get it. They look at him and they are terrified. They're dismayed. They aren't instantly just overjoyed. They're terrified. This is Joseph. But his brothers could not answer him. They, they were rendered speechless, for they were dismayed at his presence. They were dismayed. Terrified. How is anybody going to see Jesus? How is anybody going to know Jesus? How is anybody going to come to the place where they recognize him? Because Acts chapter 13 verse 27 says, They didn't recognize him, nor did they understand the utterances of the prophets. Well, if Joseph has anything to tell us, it would be through self-revelation. Jesus would have to reveal himself to us so that we would recognize who he is. 
listen, you, you, can, you can try all day to be religious. But this is, this is not a game. This isn't about you getting to the point. See, the world thinks like this. When somebody converts, they don't, they don't believe in any of this. So they say, well, that person just, something psychologically went on there. And so they got religion. It was just a change. You know, like they, they went from being, being secular and maybe agnostic to being Buddhist. It was just kind of a change in their life. They went from liking vanilla ice cream to liking chocolate ice cream. It's just kind of a, a change in their life. And what the scripture says is we'll never cling to Jesus. We'll never want Jesus. We'll never even recognize Jesus for who he is. Even, listen, even if you have the whole Bible memorized, Until Jesus Christ reveals himself to us. You say, is that in the scripture? Well, if it's in Genesis, and, and this is what it's talking about here in Acts chapter 13, that the Old Testament, including the story, the account of Joseph, is really a story about Jesus, then we would expect to find an exact parallel in Joseph revealing himself so that they know who he is, and Jesus Christ revealing himself so that his brethren would know who he is. And that's exactly what we find. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Verse 36. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. Jesus is the greater Joseph. Joseph is sold into slavery. Jesus gives up his life as a slave. Joseph ends up revealing himself to his brothers. Acts 13 tells us that the whole Old Testament, all of the prophetic utterances are about Christ. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. If you read through Acts 13... You have, the, you have the death of Christ, you have his burial and his resurrection. It's the gospel. Paul's always preaching the gospel. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 36, it says this, And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Now this is, they're all huddled together. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. His brethren are trying to figure out what to do. They are also not playing a game of guess where Jesus is or, or, or any of this. That's not what's going on here. They're, they're scared to death. And all of a sudden, here they are in this closed room. Jesus shows up and he says, peace to you. Now notice what their reaction is. Does it sound similar to the reaction that we just read? But they were what? Startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. What was the reaction with Joseph? They're startled and frightened. Notice verse 40, 45, if you skip down to verse 45. Then he, that's Jesus, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in the name, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Skip back to verse 25 of the same chapter. 
Jesus speaking to the two on the road to Emmaus. He says to them, O foolish ones, verse 25, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets. See there, beginning with Moses. What books did Moses write? Well, he wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So he takes them to Genesis and he says, remember that account of Joseph? Remember those those brothers that didn't recognize Joseph? Guess who that account really was about? That account was about a, a greater Joseph who would come and his brothers wouldn't recognize him. But he would come as a slave and live the life that no man could live perfectly and completely holy. He would live it in your place. He would be buried, and on the third day, he would rise again from the dead. And then he would open your mind, and he would come to you, because in your sin, you would never recognize him. So he comes to you to open your mind to the scriptures and to open up your heart to the scriptures so that you get exactly who he is. Amen? This is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is resurrection power. And if you have experienced his power, it's not because you made a great decision to become religious. I heard someone say recently, they said it's their job to get rid of religion. I like that. I wish we could get rid of religion. And Jesus comes and he says, this is me. And yes, we are startled and we are frightened at first. But then he says to us, peace. Peace to you. And the second somebody really has their eyes open to who Jesus is, and it can't be forced, the second they have their eyes open to who Jesus is, their life is forever changed and there is no going back because they have met the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords who changes life, not just now, but forever, for eternity. That's the power of the greater Joseph. That's the power of Scripture, of Jesus saying the whole canon The whole book is about me. That's what the story is about. And you can go through account after account. He could have opened up to any book in the Bible and said, here, you see, you're reading this. Here's how this is really about me. And he opens our eyes and we say, Jesus, that's who you are. And all of a sudden, that's why you come into a place like this and you see people with their hands raised because they've had their lives changed by this real Lord who's changed their hearts. Has he changed yours? Would you stand with me? We're going to have Frank come and uh, the... He did such a wonderful job. I hope he doesn't mind. This is, uh, if we could just stand with Frank, okay? Let's just encourage this team. It was so beautiful. And um, why don't we pray? Would you bow your heads with me as they're coming? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your power.
We thank you for the resurrection. We ask you, O oh God, that you would, you would reveal yourselves to us. Lord, I pray even in this room right now, you would speak to somebody's heart. Maybe there's somebody here, they've been hard. They've been hard. They know what religion is. Maybe they even know a few verses. They know how church works, but they don't know you. They don't recognize you yet. And they definitely don't recognize the scripture. They don't recognize the prophetic utterances. They don't get what that's all about. Lord Jesus, would you speak clearly here today? I'd like to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus, and as we're speaking this morning and talking about the fact that he really lived and died and rose again, you're saying, my heart is being affected. My heart is being changed. I want to know Christ. Would you raise your hand? You say, that's me. I need to know the Lord. Is there one here? I need to know the Lord. I need to know the Lord. First time, first time, I need to know the Lord. I need to know Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for resurrection power. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you as Frank is going to sing. Elder Frank, Lord, as he's going to sing, that you break all the chains. Lord, you've broken all the chains off of our lives. Lord, would you fill the worship team even now, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray that you break chains even in this place. Right now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.